Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name's Jake. With me are them couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, except for Jill. She'll be here later. And our producer, Terry. This week we're here to talk about It Takes You Away, written by Ed Heim, directed by Jamie Childs, aired December 2nd, 2018. Sam. Jake. What'd you think of this one? It was a fun episode. It was good. Enjoyable. Watched it all the way through one and a half times. Heyo. Then I took a nap. Cody. Jake. Yeah? Look at the nearest approximation of what could be considered me in the room in which you're currently in. Oh, I just have an effigy of you right here, so that's easy. That's fantastic. I, I sent that to you. I'm glad you kept it. Jake, this is the best episode this season. By fucking far. Oh, shit. And I had concerns, because you showed me Mrs. J's tweet, and she has a lot of pull, and I thought I was going to go into this with a bit of confirmation bias, but no, it fucking had everything, Jake. <laughs> we'll get to Mrs. J's tweet later. Terry, what'd you think? I thought it was great with weird bits. <laughs> Weird's okay. Getting weird with it. Nothing wrong with weird. Alex, how about you? I I liked it. It's it's cool. I remember liking it the first time I saw it. Um yeah. Great episode. Cool. Jake. Yes. What uh would 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 you think before and now of this episode? Um I think just like before I hate this episode. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I I really don't like anything about it. <laughs> That's oh, no. not true. That is 100% not fucking true. And I know it. You know why I know it? Why do you know it? Because if you saw the scene where Ryan called Graham granddad, <laughs> and yes. you still say you hate everything about this episode, you're fucking wrong. It finally happened. I told you. That's it's one of been the parts I hate the most. Holy shit. You're a terrible shit. person. We're through. I was going to say, I finally like Ryan now, because he's said <laughs> granddad. But Ryan was arguably the biggest dick ever. He's like, oh, your dad probably just left you. Right. Yeah. But he did. You suck. Who'd want to be your dad? <laughs> but, but was he wrong? He was super right, Yeah, he was an yeah. awful guy. Yeah, I, I wrote down on my notes, dad of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, as soon as they all get back to the house, like, you're calling Child Protective Services, right? <laughs> like, this girl has to be placed somewhere. But y'all got explaining to do. I, I, I understand the weirdness, right? Because it was a frog. But I, I'm yeah. going to let that slide. I'm really going to let that well, slide. it only came as a frog because they had because, that conversation uh, about the frog. It, it's what was not her really name? She, yeah, she Grace. really Grace. likes, Grace really likes frogs, I, I guess. Which, you know what, that just makes Grace weird. <laughs> But, which was also just introduced in this story. And they could have had a better frog, not some weird-ass puppet 
that didn't even <laughs> no. move its mouth I to think its they words. Had to. I think they had to do that. You can't have a CGI frog. It would have been even worse. The frog is fine. Not the problem. Yeah, the... I, I think the frog was fine, because if you had an animated one, it would just be the, hello, my baby, hello, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> the CW frog? <laughs> yeah. So here's why I don't like the uh, Ryan, uh, like, calling Graham granddad. Like, first of all, we already know that he thinks of Graham as family. All he's doing is using emotional manipulation on Graham, who's, like, having a bad day. So he's just, like, trying to cheer him up by pulling out this card that he's had in his back pocket this whole time that he's, like, purposely hanging on to. And I think it's, like, we've all been waiting for this moment for the two of them to, like, truly come together as a family. And I don't think it's earned in this story. I think it should have happened at a better time. And then Graham's response to being like, what did you just say? Is fucking stupid. You don't <laughs> like, think it was earned jake graham went through fucking hell this episode hell he went through hell i think the yeah, only ryan thing... wasn't a part of it it what didn't have anything to do with them as a family it was completely graham by himself but he understands Fuck that ryan. what graham went through was <laughs> extremely difficult getting to see grace again and having that love connection with her and realizing it's not really her and having to leave her once again yes i understand all that so how are you saying that it's not? Because it didn't do anything to further the relationship between Ryan and Graham. Like, Ryan just gets that Graham had a, like, really tough time. Like, yeah, why didn't you call him granddad at the funeral then? He was having a tough time then, too. Because Ryan wasn't ready. They've had growth throughout the season. Have they? Yes. Like, they've... there hasn't been any mention of their relationship since he read that letter in arachnids in the uk just because they don't mention it doesn't mean that it doesn't grow with the season though we can't just like hit, be like well it's been six episodes so let's just put in a thing like i haven't seen them as a duo well maybe that's not true there is a like this is a moment that i just wanted to be bigger and i don't feel like it was big enough i thought it was perfect Especially from Chibnall, who's, like, really good at this kind of stuff. Hmm. Who hurt you, Jake? Lots of people. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> Terry, particularly. Uh, okay, so... This story seems like the most actually unique story of the season, by far. That being, I still can't really describe what the fuck happened. There was just an entire sentient <laughs> universe that created an artificial universe and just wanted people to stay there. Is that right? Yeah. It's lonely. It's it's like an artificial universe that wanted to reside in our universe, but couldn't because it would destroy everything. So it just created a universe to attract beings from... It is a universe. Well... Okay. And... He Here's my problem. How did the dad know that the mirror was magical? They didn't go into that at all. I thought yeah, they did, but watching no it sense. again, they didn't. <laughs> the same way the team did. He walked by it and he didn't see a reflection. He went up and touched it. But why did they move there? Because he was sad. But he didn't know. he didn't know when they were moving that it was there. Like, it was just oh. something that they found. 
I was under the assumption that he did know when they moved. The whole the whole reasoning of him setting up the speakers and boarding up the windows to keep her inside so she doesn't go places while he's away. the trumped up bullshit. <laughs> it, it was crazy, but it's also like he found this mirror. Like, did he go in, see what it was, come back, make this plan, do everything, and then was just going to leave her there for like stretches yeah, of I time? I think it's implied that he's been there a couple of times and now he's just like, I want to go and like have... A, like a solid weekend or a week or whatever yeah without the kid <laughs> yeah and like how did he did he become buddy buddy with ribbons and be able to walk through no problem like, like that guy was super shady why wouldn't he and... just bring the kid like that yep why i think i think <sighs> he thought i i kind of disagree with jake i don't think he'd been there before and i think he thought that if he brought her, she might not be able to come back. If he hadn't been there before, why did he set up all the noises and everything outside to keep the kid in? Right. Maybe Ribbons told him. Well, that would mean he'd have been there before. Well, he didn't go into the actual uh, like universe. He was just stuck in the anti thing. Anti's, anti-zone? Anti-zone. Oh, some, yeah, something like that. It. Yeah, I think he'd been there... Maybe just once and was like, oh, I'm going to live here now. Maybe he didn't bring her because he knew she would be able to tell it wasn't real. And he didn't want this fantasy to go away. It could be. that. That's a hard one to explain. It really is. I wonder if it has to do with the... Maybe it was like the fake wife told him that he couldn't bring her because it could only sustain yeah. one anomaly. Because once two... That makes as and, much sense as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. But did it know that? Because otherwise, when everyone else showed up and it made grace, it seemed like it was still wanting to keep everyone there. It wasn't going like, oh, no, I've got way too many. Like, the doctor was the one to figure that part out. Well, Terry, I want to carry all the groceries in from the car in one <laughs> shot, but the bags and my strength will say otherwise. Coward. <laughs> <laughs> you get all those bags, you puss. Here's what we do know. Eric. Is it Eric? The dad? Yes is fucking insane so like his reasons behind anything he did are you you can't figure him out because he's a crazy person he thinks that both at the same time his kid is old enough to take care of herself there's frozen meals in the freezer but she's not old enough to not go into the woods where there's fucking bears so you have to set up this crazy contraption to make her think there's a monster living outside and that it took you he's a terrible person yeah he doesn't he's such an awful human he, being he should definitely not have a kid well, living with insane. him yeah like all you have to do is say hey i'm going uh i have to go to the city for a week uh food's in the freezer i'll be back on monday <laughs> instead of there's a monster outside it's a uh, norwegian so they're a little bit more metal than us that's what yeah. cody said <laughs> that's really he, he was funny wearing a, a he was wearing a slayer shirt. t-shirt yeah which was, uh, it was reversed in the in other In the realm. mirror world, everything was backwards. Yeah. I noticed it with Jody's haircut. Sam noticed that. The I part didn't was on that. the other side. But her hair was not on the other side in the conversation with the frog, which bothered me. Right, because it wasn't trying to be a mirror anymore. The mirror universe had gotten away. Then they're just in a white void. But isn't, aren't they still in the other universe? Through the mirror? But it doesn't have the mirror physics anymore. 
Fizz X. Uh, Jill's back, by the way. We got a bunch <laughs> of dogs shuffling around. Jill just did her customary shake it out when she gets into a room. <laughs> okay, <laughs> absolutely. And it wasn't the mirror universe anymore because it wasn't mimicking our world. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. It like oh. it tore away the facade because it didn't need it anymore, or it also kind of exploded. <laughs> or it also kind of exploded. So here's one other big problem I have with this. Well, um, it's three like pretty good stories all crammed into one that like are so disparate from each other that it's not like they it needs more time to tell the story like i don't want it to be a two-parter i want it to be three different stories yeah the monster in the cabin in the woods fuck yeah let's do that that seems fun or like the mirror universe with the solid tract okay that's cool or the you know ribbons in the Temple of Doom, where the he lives. Space, like, yeah, 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 that's cool too. But instead, it's just a bunch of like little glimpses at something that could have been interesting. But because uh, there's a couple sad speeches in it, people think it's really good. I agree with the three story thing. Like, there's no suspense in any part of the story, and I thought that was disappointing because there's huge build up to it with the house, you know, the boarded up house, whatever, as they're approaching. But then you immediately know what's going on. And even with the, like, the in-between world thing, like, they explore it a little bit, and then you immediately know what's going on. Like, I I think there that could have been played out. Any of those three things could have been played out a lot more than it was. Hey, Jill. Yeah. What did you think of the episode? I liked that it was timey-wimey. I've been missing that. Um, I've been listening to you guys. I also don't like the father of course and think he's a piece of shit and i hate the frog <laughs> but other than that i liked it um i guess with those three things they definitely could have been expanded on but they were fun components to the story i just wish they would have lasted a little bit longer and on the granddad topic i also so if you didn't i didn't exactly remember the conversation of him wanting to call him granddad because that was a long time ago. There was really no like build up to it or excitement about it. Like you, if you had forgotten that that conversation happened, there's nothing really that exciting about that moment, which was disappointing. And I think I'd like it more if Graham had just like given him a, a smile and a nod of the head, and they both walked to the TARDIS together. But instead, they do Graham saying. What'd you say? And then Ryan saying, oh, you're getting deaf in your old age? And then, like, I hated that. It totally killed the moment for well, me. Well, he was just, Graham was so excited, and then Ryan just gave, like, a playful banter back. I thought it was really cute. But I don't think people actually talk that way. Oh, I talk like that all the time with my That's, family. I said oh. people, Terry. <laughs> no, I kind of agree with Jake. Like, I think, um, so if, so Ryan says, granddad, if Graham just turned and like with watery eyes, like even just gave him a hug and then they both walked off without saying anything else. That would have been a great scene. It That's, was kind of corny with that back and forth. so unlike them to do that though, because they're not really that like touchy feely lovey relationship. Well, they don't have to start making out. 
It kind of sounds like you want him to make yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like this was just enough. <laughs> no, I wouldn't mind what Alex is saying, like watery eyes. Like just sitting there stoically with watery eyes is what Graham is the best at. That's what we've been applauding him for this entire and season. that was there. The problem, the problem in this whole fucking season is Ryan is a boarding tool. Just fucking a cement wall of stupid comedic bullshit that really plays no part in anything. At me. At me, Mrs. J. <laughs> You're not going to get any arguments out of me. <laughs> he's just, he's... No, I uh, think Ryan was fine in this. And I do really like kind of the relationship between him and Hannah. And I, I think it's kind of Ryan's best episode. What relationship? That that was a relationship between him and the doctor and him just trying not to fuck this up. <laughs> but he is stuck... It, they are, they are running like a twosome for most of the episode. And uh, I like them together. But uh, Graham, I don't, like, we give a lot of praise to Bradley Walsh for being, like, the emotional center of this season and having a lot of speeches. I think he falls short in the scenes with Grace as an actor. So what what would you need to see for him to not fall short? Like, emotion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can agree with you. Yeah, he's kind of doing the Grant, the Bradley Walsh thing we've seen all season, and there are parts where it works super well, like giving the speech, and then where he's kind of like feels distant and not locked into his emotions, and then at the very end with uh, Ryan, like that's the Graham I want because I know he's really good at that, but what he's not really good at is this like emotional struggle between what he wants and what he knows is right. And there's just nothing on his face except for like that same like stoicism we see all the time. I think it's just disbelief. I don't think it's stoicism. I think yeah. he's just in shock the whole time and incredibly confused. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know. When I first saw like it was Grace, be like, yes, the shock should be there. But then almost... Oh, Terry freaked out. Oh, yeah. I was super happy that she was there. And then to find out that she was a trap, like, I was expecting Graham to be more enthusiastic with her being there. And, like, yes, the questioning does fall under going, like, I don't understand how you're here. This doesn't make sense. But then as it keeps going, it's me. I feel real. It's I'm real. And he starts believing it. Like, he should have been, like, tears of joy and like hugging like crazy and like oh my god this is the best and like childhood happiness type of stuff and he was very low-key undertoned emotion on everything and then even when the doctor was saying like you have to push her away and like when she finally goes like nah forget ryan he's fine whatever like <laughs> but all of that other time graham should have been far more ecstatic I think he had a healthy reservation um, going through everything that he's been through. Things aren't always what they seem and being hesitant about being too excited about seeing her again. Too good to be true type of thing. Well, you can I think that's what he's playing. And I think that like you can say that based on what the actor's done, but I don't think it matches the scenes or the dialogue. Fair. I will say one last thing, and then I'll shut up about this and let you guys go. Uh, and this is just down to editing. 
Like when Grace shows up, that is immediately the most interesting part of the story. And the first thing they do as soon as Graham says, oh, don't do this to me, is cut to the the middle zone with Ryan and Hannah for like another four minutes. It's like, oh, so you just introduced the most interesting part of the story and then took us away from it when that reaction or whatever happened after that is maybe that emotional center that I'm looking for that we didn't get because they cut away. I'll allow it. I think there was various, very interesting things. Like, sure. Uh, when, uh, what's her name? Maurice? When Maurice... Depends sh- on who you mean. I, uh, surprising lady. Grace? Grace. When Grace shows up, <laughs> yeah, that's surprising. But I think when they go into the anti-zone and they see ribbons for the first time, that was very fucking interesting as well am i the only one who thought that he was an incredibly cool character oh i loved him so much they definitely got a really good actor to do it yeah he was extraordinary and the way that they broke all those scenes down was incredibly entertaining when he wanted the tubular they gave it a great name (laughs) from the 90s we all remember it and then brought them into a trap with the death moss and then died to his own trap. Hilarious. Just the, the dialogue between him and the doctor was very, very intriguing. And I think it's brought up in a couple of tweets, but uh, they did shoot more stuff in the anti-zone. And they had another character in there um, played by a pretty well-known actor who's like seven feet tall or something like that. So it's like this super tall monster. And you can see pictures of it online, but they cut all those scenes out. Oh, lame. I think Alex was about to say that's kind of that's what I was getting at is like that, like a uh, middle zone. I can never void zone. I can't remember. <laughs> um, anti zone. Anti zone. Like that could have been a story by itself. And it sounds like a part that you were really interested in. And we got so little of it. That That is true. They did kind of split it apart. Is is that not called the Solar Tract, or is that the name of the other universe? That's, That's the name the of the universe. living universe. When Ribbons introduced himself as Ribbons of the Seven Stomachs, I honestly <laughs> thought that when they went through the mirror, they had entered the inside of a giant creature. And I thought, oh my god, this show is going to be great. And then it, like, it just turned into a weird labyrinth of stone and moths and stuff. And it was like, oh... This, his name was very misleading to me. <laughs> I, I thought that name was kind of dumb, too. Like, how are you going to give a guy like this that ends <laughs> up like that a name like that? You know? It's, it's the best writing of the episode, <laughs> is that name. <sighs> <laughs> oh, Jake. Oh, Jakey Jake. Best episode this season. I, I, I stand by it. No, you're not going to get an argument out of me. Uh, where, where was this shot? Like, that opening scene on the fjord was really cool. <laughs> I, li- I like this fjord. Is it a fjord? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> what is a fjord? I don't know if they're really... That might have been a set. Really? With, uh, it looked back good. Up. Like, it looked really good. A fjord is a long, narrow inlet with steep sides or cliffs created by a glacier. Holy crap. Uh, The doctor writing on the wall saying it's a map was kind of... Clever. 
It was clever, but I felt like it was deception-y and kind of dickish. And also, drawing a map sounds way different than writing a sentence. Right. And, and she, Hannah's not dumb. I And I was so happy that, that Hannah caught on to that. Like, that that was... That was, I think that was probably the best writing. She's probably lived her whole life being blind, so she knows these things. You know, someone who is not blind might not catch on to that, but she knows. She's smart. And um, that actor, really fun follow on Twitter if you get a chance. What's that actor's name? I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was looking up filming locations. She's got to be really blind, right? Like, she's blind? Eleanor Walwork. Yeah, yeah, she's really blind. Okay. Well, her... First blind actor in Doctor Who ever. My favorite line uh, was when they went into the the Forbidden Zone, whatever that was called. <laughs> uh, the, the doctor... <laughs> the, the doctor wanted... It was like, no, I want you to follow this nutter into the dark. And like referring to herself when they were yeah. going to follow. Ah, oh, that was funny. I also wrote that down as a favorite line. My favorite line was a uh, doctor telling Ryan to stay here with Hannah. And she goes, oh, not him. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how 90 pound Hannah knocks the fuck out of Ryan. <laughs> Just beats the shit out of him. Oh, and the doctor was eating soil. She was being so weird and like figuring out where they were by doing that. Like, I just love that she does stuff like that. Pretty sure that's not the first time either. We've seen her or him eat dirt before. Well, he licked a wall once and you freaked the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, but not because. Yeah, oh, OK, no, don't get me wrong. <laughs> the whole like finding out. What was the like TripAdvisor ratings from eating dirt? Get the fuck out of here. That's terrible. But I assume they paid for like 20% of the budget. Oh, you think they got a little money from TripAdvisor? Oh, how could they not? Who just drops a name like that without having money in their pocket? Well, because you'd say Yelp, right? If you were just writing it without. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't do any of that stuff. Well, yeah, but if you were writing it and you had to write in, oh, it got reviews from a place. Yeah, probably Yelp. That's that's like the one that everybody knows, right? Oh, TripAdvisor is really good if you're going somewhere for like two days because they'll have a bunch of people write articles like, oh, two days in Stockholm. Here's the things you do. And it'll just like plan out your whole two days. And it's usually pretty good. True. Yeah, I think we've used TripAdvisor every time we've gone to Canada. Oh, Canada. Man, we just we we don't have a whole lot uh we don't have a whole lot to say on this one. <laughs> so I'll tell you a fun story. When this aired in the United States, there's commercials, obviously. And so at the end, when there's the big reveal that the solo tract is a frog or has taken the form of a frog, right before that it cut to commercial. So, so me and Alex had three and a half minutes to like wildly guess of what it was going to turn into so we're like oh it's gonna be river or it's gonna be captain jack or it's gonna be like her grandma that she mentioned earlier her fifth grandma that grandma she loves so five. much yeah it's good and then it comes back and it's a fucking frog it's like the most deflating thing <laughs> and 
And, like, fans will say, like, it's your fault for getting excited and, like, wildly speculating. But for us, because we had that commercial break there where we had, you know, 200 seconds to think about it, it was the worst. I just don't understand why a frog. Like, it's supposed to be someone you love or something you love, right? Like, or right, just a frog was controlling the, the whole universe. Grace. Yeah. Maybe it's just, like, tongue-in-cheek where... The, the BBC and the current show writers like, uh, you don't get to know shit about the Doctor, guys. We've been <laughs> through this before. But then like Terry said, there's like so many ties to Grace and it's Grace's voice and Grace likes the frogs. Yeah, why not just have Grace? But She's why, a good actor. Why have You're Grace already paying her. too? Like the Doctor wouldn't see Grace, would she? Well, she knew her. Yeah. But I mean, we thought we thought the same thing, obviously. I think with the with the frog, like the solid track did say, I chose this form because it or it pleases me as it did Grace or whatever. Like that was like the line that it said. So it just chose what it wanted at that time because it didn't need to lure the doctor anymore. Like the the bridge was broken, the doctor was stuck. Like she was gonna be there. Would it have been the same thing if it picked the entire band Slayer? <laughs> <laughs> to be her, her <laughs> mouth or its mouth. Why uh, didn't Yaz see somebody? Yeah, I don't know. Yaz has no love. Yeah. Apparently not. Um, I thought the bargain that the doctor made with the solid tract was kind of wild. Like, um, it it almost kind of reminded me of um Eleven giving all of his memories to that like demon star, and. Like, it was kind of that same thing where it's like, well, I've seen and lived more than anyone ever. Like, take me. Like, let all these people go on. And that was crazy. And when the when the door shut, like, the doctor realizing, like, oh, no, I've just lost everything. <laughs> Which, with the restriction of it being 45 minutes or whatever... I think they could have lingered in that space a little longer and it would have been more dramatic, but it was it felt like watching it like, oh, no, I'm stuck here. And then two seconds later, well, uh, I should probably leave. Yeah. And the solar tract is being like, all right, well, mm-hmm. peace. Good to know you. And yeah. really, the doctor couldn't up. come up with any way out. Like her only way out was bargaining to keep her instead of Graham. Well, there might not be a way out. So, like, she didn't really have the mirror anymore. The entire universe that it had created for them had collapsed. So the solid track could get to know everything about the Doctor and everything that the Doctor had. So the Doctor's only escape was just to be let out. Which she did by saying, uh, we're both going to die or you let me out. And continue to be alone forever. Mm-hmm. But knowing that the solo track has a best friend out there somewhere and potentially <laughs> creating this hyper-powerful uh, recurring character that could come back. Yeah, in the future, we're going to see just a frog flying in to save the day. <laughs> well, you, yeah. you, you're so stuck on the frog, man. Like, it, it could be anything. It's just in this scene, no, it shows a frog. Puppet frog. Well, now, anytime we see a story by Ed Heim, I'm just going to assume... The solid track's coming back. That I I like that assumption. That'd be pretty cool. You just hate so much on the frog. It's if you don't take it that seriously, 
Yeah, I don't hate the frog. I think it's, it's fine. No, it's a I, great. I think it's, it's fine. Of, I just like it. I think. I think it would be comical to just see a frog, much like it was to see like a Mustang fighter in space. <laughs> like it was, it was just funny. I just, yeah, I want to see that frog force pushing some fools. Yeah. Just like some kind of huge set piece or like some giant spaceship and the doctor's been captured and these huge doors open. It's just this tiny little frog on the other side. Did you guys all freak out when you saw Grace or was that just Terry? I don't know what I was doing. I might have fallen asleep at that point. <laughs> oh, so that's, you love this one. That's why we had to watch it. No, it I was just way too tired. Weekend. We had an incredibly long weekend. <laughs> I, for some reason, was expecting it to be Bill. I was like, Bill, it's Bill. It wasn't Bill. Because I thought it was going to be someone for the doctor, but I didn't think that they'd go super far back. It has to be someone recently. I don't know. Yeah, not a lot of callbacks to previous seasons in this season so far we had the fez that's about it yeah i think that's about it just waiting for river to come back (laughs) are you guys kind of happy to have a season where there's like no daleks no cyberman no master like no kind of get away from all that Mm -hmm. stuff because they haven't replaced them with anything like really decent sim shaw was good i liked ribbons and that's it the Dalek has to be in the season, though, right? That's like a contract thing. We talked about it. Well, next episode is the finale. So Daleks. Oh, so, yeah, bad guys are all Dalek. And then the frog comes and kills all the Daleks. <laughs> Joe, you're happy to be rid of them for a little while? I don't like having no monsters. We had monsters. We've had monsters. We had ribbons. We had... No, I want monsters. We had that racist guy. This monsterless thing is stupid. We had spiders. We had mud people. He's not a monster. Yeah, we had mud witches. Oh, okay. Oh. And real witches. He's not and a monster. The king. Okay, the sandwiches, spiders. Pickle and cheese kind. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that Graham now carries sandwiches with them. Graham's like, obsession with know. food is wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we, he gets cranky when his blood blood sugar gets low. Yeah, that Graham is, is the most relatable it's not an obsession. creature in this entire <laughs> show. Probably in this entire show's history. All right, no one's talking, so can I complain about one more thing? Yes, please. So once they get to the Mirror Universe, and they kind of see what's going on but don't have it figured out yet, Yaz and the Doctor go up into this room, like the room with the mirror in it, and the Doctor just talks for three minutes telling us everything that happened or that is happening just because she remembers it from her childhood so she's like well there's no clues we don't know what's going on but here's what it is because my grandma told me a story one time it's three minutes and three seconds long i am the you know they never did like confirm that's what it was like the, the the entity didn't say yes i am this so maybe it was just a story that was close to what the doctor was thinking. I have no idea. I like that idea better than the doctor just knowing. But Well, Moffat used to do that same thing where it's like, this was just a story when I when we were kids. But like like the Pandorica. Like Pandorica's not real, it's just a fairy tale. But it's like he didn't then just like turn to everyone and be like, Well, here's what the Pandorica is for five minutes and then the story ended. I'm I'm kind of feeling sad because that yeah there there's a bit of confirmation bias. There's some bad stuff in the show. I think that just really hits some solid points with me. 
I mean, people love it. Clearly, I'm the wrong one. Like, it is overwhelmingly loved. Well, you guys want to do some tweets? We can do some tweets. Passion fruit scented jar candle at B underscore bird underscore moth says, Love it. My favorite of the season. It's a very decisive one, though, because it's very high concept absurdity. People either love it or think it's dumb. Personally, I love the frog. It's quite an emotional episode, too. I was shocked how much Graham and Grace got to me. Hey, Alex. Give me that Mrs. J theme song. Mrs. J McGrammond. You'll be hitting that subscribe button. Mrs. J McGrammond. Thanks, Canoe. Canoe was singing, too. Uh, Mrs. McCrimmon is not canon at Mrs. J. McCrimmon says, look at me, Marrieds. Look at me. This is the best episode ever. Ever. Ever? Ever. (laughs) Canoe doesn't like that. (laughs) This is the episode that made pre-Mrs. McCrimmon Mrs. McCrimmon think, I have to talk to people about this and join Twitter. Well, let me read that again. This is the episode that made pre-Mrs. McCrimmon, Mrs. McCrimmon, think I have to talk to people about this and join Twitter. In parentheses, what a mistake. (laughs) Uh, From the beginning nonsense of the Wooly Rebellion to the dive into a setup straight from a horror movie and all the tension that builds leading up to think the it in question is some monster to the complete swerve ball of the mirror and how that leaves us feeling completely wrong-footed. The transition to the anti-zone, Ribbons was possibly my favorite part of the episodes but we did get no i want you to follow this nutter to the dark for it for it from it whatever and then when we find ourselves in the mirror universe to discover what eric has done and our first inkling of what it really is i love the effect of the mirror universe and the indicator of the arctic monkey shirt to signify all is not right with trin was that the mom's name trin trine i don't know how you pronounce it trin trina trin trina okay and grace Oh, Grace, such a lovely scene between her and Graham. Brad really delivered in this ep. I love the doctor coming to see them and warn Graham, by the way. Her and Grace are so polite to each other while she's saying she's a fake. And she gave us a gif of that point where she's like, that's not Grace. And then turns and looks at her and goes, no offense, Grace. (laughs) Uh, Graham steals the whole episode with his struggle on whether to say Grace or not. In fact, the whole scene in the mirror attic is exceptional. I love how Grace silently caresses his neck as the doctor pleads with him. How easy it would be to lose himself in her. Uh, The doctor is stone cold in this episode. From using Hannah's blindness to hide the plan from her, to that killer line, she's not your wife, she's furniture with a pulse, to meeting her new BFF. The frog, okay, real talk. The first time I watched it, seeing that frog completely took me out of the episode. Then I shrugged, decided it was Doctor Who, and went with it. And loved it. Now, I know there's a lot of criticism about the frog, but IMO 1, as the solid track says, you told me I could stop pretending, it can be itself with the Doctor in a way it didn't feel able to with Eric or Graham. She had accepted it as itself, and this form delights it. Had it been a past companion, it would disappoint fans of other companions. And then we get to the point of this wonderful, absurd, deceptively emotional and deep episode. If if either of us are going to survive, You're going to have to let me go and keep on being brilliant by yourself. 
the immediate aftermath of the escape from the solid track plane sees the doctor and Graham reflecting on what they gave up to remain in the real world. Ryan beginning to understand that sacrifice and Eric realizing what his grief has taken away from him. And the granddad has ever a term of endeared felt so triumphant. Yaz was there. To be fair, she did get this. <laughs> to be fair, she did get this great line where uh, and then she has a gif of when they get to the mirror universe, Graham going, I'm going to hit him. And yeah, saying, no, you're not. I am. Well, Marys, in case you can't tell, I really love this episode. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts, unless you didn't like it, and then you're dead to me, and I'm not going to look for you in a mirror universe. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Jake, you I, dead. I've been dead for a long time. <laughs> can't get any more dead. No. It's about as dead as you get. She must not have listened to your brother's episode. <laughs> I think that's when I became dead. maybe (laughs) there's some episode where she like in the first five five seconds of the episode i go hey alex what'd you think of this he goes oh i liked it and i go really and she's like oh really subtle jake (laughs) oh no i can't remember what it was huh that's yeah that's a pretty good breakdown i think it's very important to be like if you put yourself in graham's shoes right and somebody that you love dearly is finally back in your life I think you would forego a lot of bullshit to just continually believe into that. I think the human psyche is just generally weak as fuck. And Graham showed a shitload of strength in being able to accept that Grace was not Grace. And the most poignant thing was that he cared about Ryan so much that he wasn't willing to believe that Grace was Grace because of her bullshit. In saying Ryan was going to be fine on her own. Why would he want to save Ryan in the process? It's, it was a pretty un, unselfish thing for him to do. I mean, ultimately, it had to be done because you're not going to be. A... What exactly what you're saying? You like you put my problem with it into better words than I could have. I want him to struggle. Like I think he's too good, and it's too easy for him to do the right thing. I wanted him to eventually do the right thing because he's a good person. And we know that already, but I want it to be more difficult. I really questioned if he was going to leave the show at this point and stay in that universe. I really did. Yes. That would have been a really nice and interesting thing. That would have been awesome. Like, and we're just getting rid of Graham here. Yeah, that would have been a real banger. That That's like Game of Thrones levels. Hey, fandom, go <laughs> yeah. fuck yourself. This is about to happen kind of thing, which would be. And it is episode nine. The typical yeah, Game beneficial. of Thrones episode when someone dies. <laughs> and Graham is my favorite companion right now, so I'd be real sad if he left. That'd be. Could you imagine a Yaz and Ryan companion show? Because I would be so out. Yaz, they, whoever every writer is for all these episodes, they really don't give two shits about Yaz. Well, I think it's kind of the same problem as Martha. Like, I think up until this point, like, Yaz is already, like, a complete person and, like, doesn't really have any problems. And so the interesting story is between Yaz and Graham. I mean, Ryan and Graham. And Yaz is just, like, capable and dope. So, like, what's the fucking point? I don't know. Show show a weakness. Like, everybody's got an Achilles yeah. heel. What's Yaz's Achilles? Show that make her a problem to the doctor like everybody has been so far and that might have happened i just don't remember i mean that's more likely to happen than it to have not have happened but you know make it more prominent 
Stop making Yaz a cardboard cutout in the episodes. Man, I would like that. And when we were talking about Graham leaving, I just imagine like the finale, this huge problem. All the uh, companions get lost in like different sections of time. And then like when the doctor has lost all the companions, is not sure what to do. She just randomly plops into Graham's universe. He refuses to leave, but he gives the doctor the final advice for her to save Yasmin and uh, that other guy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just theory crafting, entertaining myself. It could be whatever. It could be whatever. It could be just Daleks trying to destroy the world. Like, you know, that never happens. Chris at this emo trash says it's the most Doctor Who episode of the series and it does it brilliantly. The inclusion of a blind character makes the already remote area feel even smaller, which works well with the trapped feeling the episode tries to give. I'm glad this is the episode that brought Ryan and Graham closer with the themes of bringing families together throughout. It would be a little wasted of their relation if their relationship wasn't explored a little bit, especially with them seeing Grace again. Ribbons feels a little bit wasted. His role was neither big enough or small enough for what he should have been, but he brings some needed humor into the already depressing episode. Not one I rewatch often, but I always enjoy it when I do. Plus, who doesn't love a talking frog? Who doesn't love a talking frog? Terry doesn't. That's the answer. If it's not Kermit the Frog, it's not worthy. Hello, um, my baby. Kermit, Hello, my Kermit honey. who? Kermit, Kermit D. Frog. D. Frog. I don't, I don't think we're getting Terry to follow us here. <laughs> okay. He must not be a true fan. <laughs> one last one here. Um, Ode underscore Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie. So uh, strap in. This is such an unusual episode of Who, so much better for it, though. Borrowing from horror tropes as well as parallel universe ideas, and I think the combination of ideas works really well. Genuinely think this is such a clever idea to explore, and the episode does it well. The tone starts so light, but the atmosphere is so cleverly changed with the discovery of the cabin and the idea of a child being left alone in that way is terrifying at the best of times. There's still lightness, like Graham with the sandwich, but the tension builds with everything we learn. The fear of the monster and the grief that Hannah feels is so clear through her performance, and that just adds to the atmosphere. And Ryan's reaction to the missing dad says so much about his character and the effect his his dad's absence had on him, even if it does seem a little cruel and out of character for him. Uh, most of the cast gets so much to do in this. Yaz is a little sidelined again, but Graham's time with Mirror Grace is so well done. The development of his relationship with Ryan is great too. Hannah and Eric get such good characterization, and Jody is amazing in this story as well. Bradley Walsh gives such a good emotional performance, bringing Grace back as Graham's temptation is such a good idea. The pain of her loss and confusion at what's happening is so obvious in his performance, and having this priority be Ryan, having his priority be Ryan, even when Grace is there, gives so much depth to their relationship. And Ryan and Graham's development is wonderful. The short discussion of Grace at the beginning, leading to some closure and acceptance from Ryan. The final scene is so touching, IMO. Hannah being left by Eric is a scary idea, and the scene of his return shows so much growth for him. The Doctor is incredible in this. Jody really learns, really leans into the darker Doctor here. The furniture of the pulse line is amazing and delivered so well. The Doctor's anger is so clear in the way she deals with Graham is bordering on that too. Her scenes with the solid tractor somehow made so touching and meaningful through Jody's performance, despite the frog puppet being just a bit low budget. The solid tract itself is such a clever idea. A sentient universe seems like an obvious who idea, and they do it well here. Having a parallel universe that can't exist alongside another is such a clever way of exploring the concept. 
though I know this is an example of what you hate in Who, Jake, the doctor just knowing something rather than discovering it or working it out. Man, my people just know me. I feel so loved. You're and, a superstar. And frankly, I agree. Using the solid track to explore grief works so well, not wanting to let go, but showing how self-destructive hanging on can be done, or can be, is so well done. The anti-zone and ribbons are both really creepy. The preying on people who pass through, as well as the flash moths, are horrific, as is the idea of Hannah being lost in it. This is such a favorite of mine, especially as it's so experimental, one of Jody's best to me, and it shows the strengths of both the show and the actors. I'm really curious and excited about what you think. And apologies for the shameless plug, but I'm very interested what you'd all think of Rose in retrospect as we are recording her episode on Tuesday, if any of you wanted to give your thoughts. Like Rose the episode? Like the first episode of New Who The ever? Companion. His podcast is called Companion oh. Piece. Every episode they talk about a companion specifically. This is going to be the first New Who companion they're doing. So go on Companion Piece's twitter which is called companion underscore pod if you want to give your thoughts on whatever episode they have coming up this is going to be in a couple weeks so rose will already have come and gone but whatever they're doing after that you can go on their twitter and see that pretty sure i'm the only one in this group who loved rose (laughs) uh hey she was my first i like (laughs) rose better than donna and martha and what donna is awesome Oh, of course, Terry thinks Donna is awesome. <laughs> Terry thinks a misplaced blueberry bagel would be hilarious. <laughs> I, I just sometimes I don't understand Terry. Donna's a clown. I absolutely love Rose. She's just my least favorite companion. <laughs> <laughs> Except for maybe these three. High praise. I mean, she's oh. on she's on the banging list or the banging hierarchy, I guess. She she is banging. She's confirmed banging. Oh, yeah. She she's more like uh like we've kept some people off of banging because they're instead of like looking at someone and being like, oh that person fucks, you look at them and be like, oh that person's a predator. <laughs> like she she's a predator. <laughs> yes. Wait, yeah. no. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she gets it from her mom. <laughs> you guys are all wrong, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was wrong. I do have two more tweeters. Man, we can pop it off the tweets. Nikifor's Focus at Jury 1 says, I love this one, easily my favorite of the series, as it really dives into science fantasy, creating a really fun, scary tone, and allows for the emotional beats later on to feel completely justified in their absurdity. The solid tractors of frogs are hilarious at first, but on rewatch, it really hits you that the sentient universe simply latched onto a symbol of the affection that it wanted to feel. Graham and Ryan's relationship gets a lovely resolution, and the scenes with Grace were really well handled. I prefer Doctor Who when it surprises me, and this episode managed that consistently while also being touching and well-written. My only real problem is that nobody seemed that angry at the dad for abandoning his, abandoning his disabled daughter, which rubs me the wrong way, but I can overlook it for the quality of the rest of the app. That might be my favorite tweet. I think all that, those three tweets, said everything perfectly. I, I think it's it's pretty important there. It was very awkward in the episode towards the end when everybody's like, so we're not beating the shit out of this dad? Right. Well, or immediately calling the police. Doing something, like maybe talking about it? Or like being... No, no, that girl has to be removed from that man. Yeah. Like, he's a problem. Yeah, like she was living on candy for like two (laughs) days, I'm sure. Man, that was really a dark part that they put into the episode there. 
And then the dad's just like, there's food in the freezer. She's fucking blind. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's very capable. But again, well, he says, know. like, she's a teenager. She can take care of herself for a few days. <laughs> but it's like, then why can't she just not go into the woods? <laughs> it seems. Yeah. Yeah, we very much explained how this could have been done a million <laughs> different ways better. Okay. James Courtney at Mr. J. Courtney says, I think everyone else has covered this pretty well. But I like how out there it is. Frog and all. Would love to have seen more from that joining world. Uh, I think we called it the middle zone. I can't remember either. <laughs> Maybe the pacing the was a bit anti-zone? off in the middle. Yeah. Nice to have Ryan called Graham Gramps. The events of the episode have at least changed the characters a bit. They messed up the Ryan Gray stuff, though. He didn't see her, and then he was told about it off screen. Still, nice to have some good episodes. <laughs> That's so cynical. It's nice to have some good episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. I, I'm just glad I, like, you know, my hate of every other episode is not unfounded. <laughs> but I think every single person who responded to us on Twitter said this is their favorite story of the season. It's it's the Ooh. best story of the season. Jake, was yours the first episode? Yeah. If With the weird tooth guy? If I get to count the upcoming holiday special as part of this season, then that would be my favorite. But if you're just counting these 10 episodes, then yeah. And you go like the first one, and then Rosa, and then some other stuff. (laughs) Anyone else got anything they really want to bring up before we blow this popsicle stand? I'm all out of juice. Uh, I got nothing else. Alex, give me that fun faxing song. Fun facts. I don't have any fun facts, but I did look up all the actors to see if they've done anything I'm interested in. And Kevin Eldon plays Ribbons. He's very prolific. He has like 150 credits on IMDb, including two different parts on Game of Thrones. He was a gold cloak, and he was also one of the actors that Arya sees when she goes like into town when she's in Bravos to like kill that actress and she goes and like watches a play for a little bit. The guy that plays Ned Stark in that play she's watching is this guy, Ribbons. Alex give me that MVP theme song. MVP. Alex who's your MVP? I'm going to give it to, I think I'm going to give it to Hannah. I thought she did great. Uh, what's her name again? Ellie Wolwark, Wolwack, Wolmack. Terry? Sorry, I clicked out of it. I'll look it up again. Eleanor Wolwark. I think on her Twitter she goes by Ellie. Jill, who's your MVP? Hmm, I was also going to say Hannah. You still can. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think you contractually have to if you say that. I kind of want to give it to the lady that plays Grace, because I think she did a good job of trying to like pull out the emotion without being over the top, like with being the weird kind of mixed person thing that doesn't really care if Ryan lives or dies. So I'm going to give it to her. Sharon D. Clark. Yep. 
That's the one. Cody? That's Graham. Graham, for sure. Bradley Walsh. Great. Bradley Walsh. That's it. Sam? My MVP is the Graham and Ryan moment. (laughs) Y'all can hate. That's my MVP. I love it. So the writing? (laughs) No, just that moment. The acting, the love, the writing, all of it. That whole moment. Everything involved. That's too many people. (laughs) One person only. It's not a person. It's the moment. MVP. Uh, it's it's most valuable person. Most valuable place in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Terry. I'm giving mine to uh, Claire Pritchard Jones. She did the makeup design, and it's mostly for a ribbon because uh, of just all of the fun layers that he had to his face. And then when the lantern went out, like top layers of his, I want to say like tendons and stuff that was stretched over his face, like lit up and it's just super fun to look at him. Super fun to look at him. I like that MVP. I do too. That that was on my list as well. Good choice, Terry. Thank you. Yeah. Until you get to that part where you see that it's, it lights up in the dark. He kind of like that outer layer of skin kind of look like, the Sycorax from season or the first Christmas special will have like a like bone oh, yeah. on the outside of their face. So copycat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my MVP is the director, Jamie Childs. I think the episode certainly looks fantastic. There's a lot of really good compositions in the shots and he's one of the better directors. He's the one, one of the ones brought back pretty often and they bring him in to like, do some pickup shots when the director of the episode isn't available. So he's a beloved member of the Doctor Who family. It is now time for this week's pub quiz. Oh yeah, best part. These five will break into their teams based on who they're married to. One of them is married to no one. He is alone and sad and will be by himself. <laughs> Someone <laughs> oh, date <no>. me. <laughs> Pretty sure he won last time though. Yep. You guys should That's feel bad. That's because he's a loaded sand. The first question is, in the 11th hour, what was the first food that the 11th Doctor asks for from young Amelia? Uh, I don't even know who young Amelia is. It's Amy Pond as a child. Oh, Amy, yeah, we'll just say young Amy Pond. Her Jesus name Christ. was Amelia. Was... Okay, we gotta actually talk about it. Um, so Fish Fingers was second or first? No, last. Uh, And then he's trying a whole bunch of different types of foods sure makes sense and uh he ends up settling on fish sticks and custard but what was the first one like apples right sure like i thought it was some sort of fruit next question professor yana was an alias used by which villain i hate you these questions i have no idea Uh, it was it was the master this is so familiar and i have no idea what it is I think it's the Great Intelligence. Oh, I was going to say that or the Master. What volcano does the Doctor and Donna watch explode in the fires of Pompeii? What is the first and last name of the lady who is currently the head of scientific research at UNIT? 
Um, so that's uh, something Lethbridge Stewart. Lethbridge, Christina? yeah, shoot. Uh, Kate, uh, like Kate Lethbridge. Kate, Caitlin. Kate, or just Kate. Just Kate. Kate? We'll do Kate. Okay. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. The master killed her. Wait. Oh, okay. Kate so it's Stewart. Probably. It's e- oh shit. It's either her or it's the other one, but I thought she was dead too. Which queen of England does the doctor suggest was infected by werewolves? And there have been three Doctor Who spin-offs in the modern Who era. What are they called? One point for each. The rift in time that David Tennant's doctor uses to refuel the TARDIS is located in which city? Okay, here is the tiebreaker question, if needed. Matt Smith was the doctor from the 11th hour to time of the doctor. How many days in between those two episodes? Okay, in the 11th hour, what is the first food that the 11th doctor asked for from young Amelia? Is it an apple? It's an apple. Yes. Oh, no. Shoot. Brilliant. Very good. Well done, Alex and Jill. We chose <laughs> chips. Did anyone else get that? No. I said fish and custard. Oh, sick. So that's a point. Uh, I okay. said steak because I literally had no idea. Professor Yano is an alias used by which villain? The master. Yes. Damn yeah. it, Sam. I was you were right. right. I was right. Oh, no. <laughs> What'd you put? settle on? The great intelligence. Ah. He was... Professor Simeon. Simeon. Shoot. But that wasn't even like an alias. Like, Simeon was a different being from the Great Intelligence. The Simeon was taken That's over just the by name the Great Intelligence. What volcano does the Doctor and Donna watch explode in the fires of Pompeii? Vesuvius. It's Vesuvius. Noise. Terry? I got it. All right, calm down. <laughs> what is what is the first and last name of the lady who is currently the head of scientific research at UNIT? Uh, I put down Kate Stewart. That's correct. So, so did we? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know because I thought is that she what we died. decided on? Yeah. Oh, nice. I couldn't remember if we picked Lethbridge or Stewart, and we were like arguing back and forth on that one. Ah. Uh, no, we decided Lethbridge was the man, the masculine last name. <laughs> Nice. Uh, but I, I thought I thought she had died, so I didn't think she was the current one. But she, she was the only one I could think of. No, she did not die. Alive and oh. well. Okay. Which I thought, queen? I thought, the, I thought Missy kissed her, but anyway. Or kissed her. Killed her. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I was like, Jeez, did, Alex, did Missy geez. have like the poison lipstick like River had for a while? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Which queen of England does the doctor suggest was infected by werewolves? Victoria. Victoria is correct. Woohoo! Uh, we guessed. I said Queen Elizabeth II. No idea. There have been three Doctor Who spinoff shows during New Who. Name them. Ah, uh, Torchwood? K9 and Friends? No. What? Sarah Jane Adventures. Yes. K9 and Friends is an old Who show that only went one episode. Oh. No. The third one is class. Oh, 
that was in my brain when you said the question and it totally left and never came back. Shoot. I got so excited so, about K9 and Friends and remembering uh, the name of it. Did we need to get them all right or is it a point? One per... point each. I disappointed But I did myself. specifically say during New Who. I, I haven't well, seen it. I don't know what it's about. If my memory... Well, it's from the 80s. If my memory serves, it seems like Jill and Alex have won by two points. Uh, we still have another question. That's a tiebreaker. That's a tiebreaker? No, no there's the, the rift in time. Which he the did the, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, the rift in time that David Tennant's doctor uses to refuel the TARDIS is located in which city? Cardiff. Cardiff. Car-bil-diff. Noise. Car-bil-diff. Solid. All right, how many points y'all got? Eight. Not enough. Four. Four? Yeah, I got four. Surely you guys beat Terry. I said eight. Well, but I mean the other guy, the people who haven't said anything yet. Oh, oh. Oh, how many points? I deleted our notepad. We got the first two. We got the first two wrong, and Alex has since gotten all of the other ones Yeah, I think you got six. Um, Okay, let's go through the tiebreaker. From the 11th hour, which was April 3rd, 2010, to Time of the Doctor, which was December 25th, 2013, how many days was Matt Smith the Doctor? 1,200. We did uh, 1,030. Oh, no, 300. 1,300. Terry. Uh, I okay. Terry I'm doesn't totally have an answer. off then. <laughs> no, I've got one hundred forty-six thousand. One hundred forty-six thousand days. <laughs> I misinterpreted the question. I thought it was like from his character from the first time we see him to when he like dies at the end. How long has his character lived? And um, that's what I was going off of. That was question clarified. came up. We specifically talked about it. Oh no. Yeah, like, I have a memory that long. Three seconds? Yeah, no, not at all. So I would like to point out that 146,000 days is just shy of 400 years. Correct. Matt Smith was the doctor <laughs> 900 for or something, right? 1,362 days. 1,300. Oh. oh, man, you guys were real close. We were real Dang. close. Real close. Holy crap. Well Good done, job, Joe. Jill called that one. I'm I'm Kinda. still impressed by us, Cody. I thought we were pretty close too. I no, mean, not, we're trash. not that close, but. <laughs> Alex, give me that paper crumpling theme song. Uh, this has been the Married to Who podcast. My name is Cody. Jake disappeared uh, with Alex and Jill and Sam. Thank you very much for joining us next week for the battle of Ransacor Kalos Beauty.
Do 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 do